Welcome back in to David L. Gray, Off Code and Unscripted. I just got one thing for you today. We have to talk about EWTN's Raymond Arroyo going on Fox News and saying the most ignorant, stereotypical, racist thing you can ever say about black people. It's ridiculous. Gotta talk about that. And we're going to talk about some of the correlating issues around this, this whole thing. And I think I can do this in 10 minutes. I only have a few notes here, so I'm going to try my hardest. So let's start the clock now. Even the sneaker thing. I was on social media last night. Very interesting. As you see, black support eroding from Joe Biden. This is connecting with black America because they love sneakers. They're into sneakers. They love the, you know, this is a big deal, certainly in in the inner city. So when you have Trump roll out his sneaker line, they're like, wait a minute, this is cool. He's reaching them on a level that defies and is above politics. The culture always trumps politics. And Trump understands culture like no politician I've ever seen. So the first question you have to ask is like, who did that help? Who was helped by that 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 <laughs> that garbage dump of just stereotypical racist language against black people? Was Fox News helped? No. I mean, black people already think Fox News is racist and ignorant, and Raymond Royal just further solidified that opinion. Was EWTN helped? No. I mean, black people already know that that's probably the, the, the whitest. Uh, uh, network on cable. I mean, the country music channel <laughs> is probably um, reaches out more to a black demographic than EWTN does now that they're playing Beyonce's music. Was Raymond Arroyo helped? No. People who, this is a lot of people's first time on social media even hearing about Raymond Arroyo. Everyone's pronouncing his name wrong. He was not helped by this. Donald Trump especially was not helped by this. Yes, he's making great inroads with a, a demographic he is already, he, he did phenomenal with in 2020. So so this doesn't help. It, it, you know what? Raymond Arroyo is a type of person, I think, you know, if, if this is his, this if this is what he believes about black people, that black people just like tennis shoes, <laughs> you know, if Donald Trump had had a picnic, Raymond Arroyo said, oh, well, Donald Trump, he's, you know, he's reaching out to black people with this picnic, you know, because there was chicken and wallet milling at that picnic. Come on. It, it, it's hard to believe how someone could hurl so many racist stereotypes under one breath. And this is why I, I've been calling Raymond Arroyo a CIA plant. One plant tendency, how you know someone's a plant, if they um, make the most critical failure at the most critical time. That, that's how you know. They don't make, plants don't make failures when they don't matter. They make failures, critical failures at critical times. And this is a critical time. Donald Trump is making inroads with uh, a demographic um, of, of black Americans. He is, uh, especially black men. And so for Fox News to come out and say, oh, Donald Trump is just pandering to black people, that doesn't help at all. It sounds like Hillary Clinton throwing a rap concert before the 2016 election. It makes Donald Trump sound fake and it makes him sound disingenuous, right? 
Now, the facts of the matter is that Raymond Arroyo was, he's lying. It's not true. That inner city youth, we'll talk about the word inner city, youth love tennis shoes. They're, they're buying $400 tennis shoes from Donald Trump. That's not the case. The fact of the matter is that, yes, um, black men and Hispanic men between the ages of 35 and 44, yes, they spend about 30% more, just 30% more than whites on sneakers. That's true. But these are not poor people from the inner city. These are men with jobs. Most of them have college degrees. They have disposable income. They're, they're not spending their rent money on tennis shoes. They love sneakers. They're into sneakers. They love the, you know, th this is a big deal, certainly in, in the inner city. And who still says inner city? I, I haven't really heard that word since the 1980s. Inner city. You know why no one talks about inner city anymore as being where black people are at? Well, go to any so-called urban center in the city, inner city. You know who's there? It's not just black people anymore. It's largely Hispanics from, from California, from L.A. to Baltimore. That's who's in the so-called inner city or the urban centers. It's blacks and Hispanics and other, other demographics as well. It's been people who've been pushed out of, of, of um, areas that they can no longer afford because of property taxes, because of, um, you know, people came in and built bike paths, right? Just forced people who, um, people of all demographics who couldn't no longer live in the areas um, that they were living in and pushed them out to these places where they could afford housing. So it's not just black people. It's largely Hispanics. And you know who else is there? Illegal immigrants. Again, ask people in, in, in Chicago, ask people in Baltimore, ask people in New York. That's who's there. So the whole inner city thing, that's also a stereotype. It's a myth. And, and it just further perpetuates what, um, uh, you know, a lot of people would think about black Americans that were from the inner city. It's just, it's just, it's, it's just phenomenal. I mean, if Raymond Arroyo had just one black person in his life, one black person who was his friend, he could have called him and asked him, said, you know, he called it, he'll call Tyrone. You know, that's what black people are called, you know, Tyrone. Tyrone, yeah, I'm thinking about going on Fox News and saying that, um, yeah, one, one of the reasons why blacks are really, Trump is making inroads to black Americans is because, you know, of the tennis shoes that he came out with. And you know how, because, you know, black use, they, they love tennis shoes. <laughs> and this is, I think that's why Tyrone would have said, bruh, you know why you can't say that, right? No, seriously, you know why you can't say that, right? <laughs> and that could have started a whole conversation. Now, I don't believe, you know, I do believe in diversity, but I don't believe in forced diversity. I'm not saying Raymond Royal needs to go force a black friendship. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I, I do believe in diversity, in the benefits of it, but I don't believe in forced diversity. So I, I completely understand and I sympathize with the purveyors of so-called white American identity and white American victimhood. People like Mark Dice, uh, Michael Knowles, Matt Walsh. All these guys are always crying about the, the latest fictional character on a on a movie or a TV show who's black now from from Little Mermaid to Snow White to the elves in, in Middle Earth from Lord of the Rings. I get it. I grew up in the 1980s. I remember when you had black shows and you had white shows. 
<laughs> and there was there was no crossover, right? You had, you had cheers, and you had good times. You had you had friends, all white people, and you had living single, all black people, and you you, you had black commercials and white commercials. That's how it used to be. I I remember in the nineteen eighties when Younger Restless, the soap opera, started getting black characters, Drew and Nathan. This was this was a big deal. I remember that. But then a new generation came along, and then we had the whole white guilt thing. And yeah, I think there was a whole lot of overreach. You know, they, they felt that blacks had to be included in everything, every TV show, every commercial. Yes, you don't see commercials anymore with white people or just a white couple. That's true. And then the gays came along, right? You had to put gay people in every TV show, every commercial. Then, then the fat people came along. Right? You had to put fat people on every TV show, unhealthy people in every commercial. Fat people even got on Sports Illustrated. They even got Lizzo. Which, what is that? Why would I want to look at this fat person dance? Right? Makes me hungry. I don't, I don't understand. No, that makes me hungry. Makes me want to go to the gym. That's disgusting. I, I don't like it. So I, I, I get it, right? Then, then the Mer people came along, right? People from Atlantis. They said, what about us? You got the gays, you got the blacks, you got Lizzo. What about us? They got Aquaman. Aquaman got a couple movies. Everyone had to get their share of the piece, the piece of the pie with this forced diversity. I get it. Now, I wasn't mad personally about the fictional characters because they're fictional. I don't care what uh, so-called race elves are. You know, Middle Earth, Little Mermaid. I, listen, it's fictional, right? Everything was fictional except for the mer people, which are real, right? So it didn't bother me. So I, again, I'm not for fur force diversity, but as a Catholic, I, I recognize the beauty of being able to identify and get to know people, hear their story, understand them. I get that. There's There's beauty in that. Jesus even comes, identifies with our condition, the poor, the imprisoned, the hungry. He personally identifies with the blessed mother. Mary even comes, identifies with us on, on a basic level of culture. She's appeared as a Jewish woman, an African woman, our lady Kibo. She's appeared as an Aztec woman, our lady Guadalupe. She's appeared as a European woman many times. So there, there's there's something engaging about our diversity that's very important to the divine conversation and what it means to be made in an image of likeness of God. We have to accept that, but we can't not force it. When you force it, strange things happen, right? You get a, a person like Father Josh Johnson over at Ascension, you know, a, a, a black man who's a priest, but yet he believes in the myth of, um, um, systematic racism and that there's something essential about being black to our salvation. You know, you get people promoting saints like race essentialists or racists, they are bowmen. You get that stuff. Or you get me when I had my radio show on EWT affiliate, Guadalupe Radio Network. I wasn't black enough for the cultural blacks. So they were calling in, writing emails almost every, every week. Dave is not black enough. He's talking about bad things about Martin Luther King Jr. Thea Bowman. I, I get it. But this is why um, EWTN has never been able to reach a black audience because there's no one 
they haven't even tried really true diversity. Blacks from particular demographics, there's no one on EWTN I identify with. So that's why EWTN isn't watched by black Americans. It's why, uh, you know, the apostolate Catholic answers, they, they put out this picture that's, and they're proud of it. This is probably the whitest picture anyone has ever seen. White people in flannel. <laughs> one of them has a Starbucks pumpkin spice latte in their hand. It, the picture doesn't get more white than that. But this is why Catholic Answers doesn't reach black people. I don't know the fix. I don't. There's not a quick fix to this problem. All I know is that we just have to do better. And if we do, we won't sound as racist as Raymond Arroyo. And that's all I know about that. God bless you. See you next time. Live your life as if salvation matters because it's all it does. Peace out.